This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Welcome to Baseball Hall of Famer Jason Stark. And then the robot said, strike. That's why you're going in the Hall of Fame. It's an inside the park home run. Doug Glanville. Mike Trout is coffee at Starbucks with a double latte skinny. Doug, are you ready to make some podcast magic? I am ready. Bring on the magic wand. Let's do it. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to Starkville, now part of the Athletic Baseball Show, where you'll find great baseball talk all week long, all lockout long, and hopefully one of these days, all spring training long. I am Jason Stark. I write about baseball for The Athletic, joined once again by my good friend, writer, broadcaster, professor, Emmy winner, distinguished former major leaguer. Doug Glanville. Doug, how are you, my friend, in this baseball-less February day? <laughs> well, I'm optimistic, even as I see snow outside uh, in my driveway, a little bit of ice. But, um, you know, it's, it was 60, then it was 20, then it was 40. So that's kind of how it feels in terms of following the baseball thing. So I figured it's <laughs> symbolic. So I'm enjoying my view right now. Yeah, as I've mentioned before, like we need pitchers and catchers. Like I, ice outside. Don't want to utter that sentence on February twenty. Well, I think well, it could be it. one way to get that and accomplish that is we could have a pitcher of lemonade, and find a dog catcher, and then we have pitchers and catchers, and then that will at least temporarily no. allow us to be more patient with this process. It, it won't, but it, but I like the way your mind works. <laughs> you know, Doug, you and I are bonded by our uh, lifelong feeling that baseball is fun. And today we will be joined by a man who has built his career, not to mention a clothing line, <laughs> out of that very idea. Brett Phillips of the Rays will join us to spread that fun at a time when, to be honest, we need that fun more than ever. Um, so I guess we need to talk about why that is, right? It's February 22nd. The lockout is now 11 weeks old and we still don't have a labor deal uh we don't have pitchers and catchers we don't have palm trees waving in the sunshine uh, doug here's the question that i need to post to you uh, as a former player rep for the union back in your playing days what do we think is that thing that's going to cause these two sides to feel that sense of urgency that'll get this going because lockout day didn't do it christmas day didn't do it new year's day didn't do it. Groundhog's Day. That didn't do it. <laughs> Pitchers and Catchers Day. Apparently not. Cancel Spring Training Games Day. Nope. None of that has done this. And now we're a week to go before they've decreed they, they will lose opening day. They're going to meet theoretically every day this week. So is that a sign to you that that sense of urgency has finally arrived? It is. It's a sign. And, and first, I blame Punxsutawney Phil, uh, the groundhog, because he he said, yeah. what, six more weeks of winter. And when that happens, baseball just said, forget it. We're not going to get this deal done for six more weeks. So we're, you know, we're, yeah. we're well into that period. And 
there's no doubt that urgency. It's it's all about the clock. And baseball, a game of not having time and clocks, really needs this example to say, we're in this room, we got we have to work it out. Here are the deadlines. And I always go back to Gene Orza. I'm gonna say this many times. He, he says, you find out what happens in these situations when you're under this kind of pressure because it's an exercise in authenticity. You find out really what are you going to stop the game for exactly? Is it? It's not really the DH. It's not really. And all those issues that don't matter as much, they start to fall off. And then you spend your time in that room working on the issues that are the ones that are jeopardizing your season. A lot of those are math equations. If you really just want to divide up and meet in the middle and moving things around, where's the competitive balance tax? What's the rate? All these things. You know, it's a slider. You could probably punch that on a computer. But in the end, you know, they have to figure out that that urgency has to use that as a motivator. And and right now, there's no doubt. If you're locked in a room, you can do that. And and people will always ask the question, well, why didn't they do that from the beginning? <laughs> right. So so <laughs> but now when you know that games are at stake, you know, this just the heightened awareness will make a big difference. Yeah, you know, here's my worry, Doug. I, I worry that we're confusing urgency with frequency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, as I've mentioned on this show way too many times, I'm still scarred by covering that strike in 1994 and 95. And I learned stuff, at least by doing that. One of the things that I learned was to not get caught up in how long they were meeting or even how frequently they were meeting. The thing to look for, I think, is when they start talking to each other and not at each other or past each other, because that's really all that's been going on so far. They've thrown out, both sides have thrown out a bunch of concepts and ideas, but they're not moving toward each other really in any significant way. That's what has to happen. And hey, <laughs> I tell people all the time, like you and I, we could do this deal in an hour because you can see where the deal would get made. But let me give you an example of what I would like to see and to be honest, what I think we need to see. I'll just pick two areas. Revenue sharing. The union has to stop asking for Major League Baseball to dramatically change revenue sharing, it's not going to happen. Um, MLB has made clear to Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer and the people in that room, they're not doing this. So it, it's, it's time to move off that issue. L but on the other hand, luxury tax. It's time for Major League Baseball to come off of these big tax rates much bigger than before for teams exceeding the threshold and get those rates back to what they were in the last agreement, if not lower. Um, see, I think those, those two things, that kind of significant movement would, would allow them to do what you're talking about, Doug, which is get them into an area where they can find some middle ground. <laughs> Am I making any sense at all here? Absolutely. And, and part of the strategy is you think about the days of arguing with the umpire, right? They didn't always argue for that call. They argued for the next call. And there's times that Tony Clark and others in the union, which has such an awareness of the history, recognize that they're actually laying the groundwork for something else. They want players to be aware that this issue is something to continue to to battle. It may not be a win this time around, but we, you know, you're thinking about it, revenue sharing. You think about these opportunities because one day it may be a chip on the table. And and so, you know, I think there's 
a lot of opportunity here to have success. You know, I forgot those rooms. You know, you think of the panic rooms or the rooms where you go solve a puzzle <laughs> with a group of friends and you're like, how do I get out of this yeah. mall or whatever it is? You know, it's like they have to figure out how to decide that they want to get out of the room, you know, and, and they haven't decided that yet. When they, when they right. do, then it will be really clear that they're working towards it. Because, you know, I've been some of these rooms. I certainly talked to everybody. I remember being in New York right, right after we were about to go on strike. Uh, 2002 happened to be in New York, so I went into the offices till four, five, four, five a.m. Uh, talking to everybody, and you know Tom Glavin was there and Al Leiter, and you kind of knew like, okay, what you know, this is back and forth, but you know when you're making some some movement, and and, and people are serious about it. So I would imagine this is the time, and if it's gonna completely collapse, this would be the week it, it would happen. So I'm I'm optimistic that they'll move towards each other, as you said, or talk to each other instead of at each other. Well, there there are a lot of concepts where like they don't agree, but they like they recognize each other's side, or they you know if it comes time to make a deal, I think they can begin to recognize each other's side, and if you agree on general concepts. You can meet in the middle, but there's just been way too little of, uh, I can't do this, but how about that? Like, we just haven't had that kind of dialogue yet. Uh, whatever. Like, I don't want to spend too much time on this. I, let's just hope that the next time we meet in the Starkville Town Square, spring training is off and rolling because we need it. Uh, all right, Doug, one more thing. This is something that uh, I saw you noticed and you seemed to get animated by last week. There was another one of those fabulous Twitter polls. Uh, this came from a guy named Mark Gent, loyal listener to this show, by the way. And his Twitter poll <laughs> went like this. Who should succeed Rob Manfred as commissioner? And there were four choices. They were Bob Costas, <laughs> Theo Epstein, Cal Ripken and me. So how would you have bet on that one coming out? Because I obviously should have finished last, right? I, you know, I didn't even see the final poll. I voted for you. I, I gave the full, full really? disclosure. My man. So, uh, I, and I, and I have a, I have a genuine, uh, vote behind that. I really, I think you'd be great as a commissioner because you truly love the game. You know, the game, you know, the history, and you actually have been tremendously adept at actually understanding the issues, <laughs> like just like you broke down how these negotiations go. I think you know it would be great to have a face and someone who has a passion for the game, is connected to the fans as well as you are, and sees the humor in it and the fun and the history. I mean, you're you're really like the five tool uh, commissioner. Uh, so I hope that you know would I would absolutely love for that to happen. But you could maybe you start your own league instead. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I got Theo Epstein. I understand that, you know, he's definitely a, a candidate that would be really yeah. interesting. Yeah, let me, all right, let me, since, since you're leading into this, I guess we should recap the, the voting. Yeah. Uh, because do you believe in miracles? Yes. I, I, the miracle was I did not finish last. <laughs> Somehow Bob Costas oh my did. Uh, he got 19.2% of the vote. Uh, the poll got over a thousand votes. Uh, next to last was, again, this is miraculously, <laughs> not me. Cal, Cal Repton got 19.7. So that means your top two were me and Theo, although not necessarily in that order. 
Theo got 40.6% of the wow. vote. I was right behind a man at 20.5. <laughs> uh, so, like, what what should I take away from that, Doug? Uh, I'm taking it as a win. I uh, didn't finish last, and I don't want the actual job. So this was ideal. Well, you just go back to, you know, Alexander Hamilton days, and you think about uh, the runner-up in the presidential race became the vice president. So, you know, I know Thomas Jefferson changed <laughs> that. But, but uh, yeah, so I think you'd just be the deputy commissioner, which is great. So you and Theo, take it away. I, I want to be in the room where it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, but thank you for that nomination. I, I, I greatly appreciate you nominating me to be next in line to a throne that will never open. Perfect. <laughs> You know, Doug, you and I think baseball is fun. We are joined this week by a man who has literally patented that thought. It's the legend himself, Brett Phillips of those Tampa Bay Rays. Brett, it is so great to have you here in Starkville. Uh, It's great to be here, fellas. I appreciate you uh, having me on, thinking about me. And yes, indeed, baseball is fun. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Uh, you know, I wish we could celebrate by playing a little wiffle ball, man. That's an inside <laughs> Stark Phillips joke. We're not going to explain it here, but, <laughs> but like we need some fun in our sport right now. So you are just the man for the job. Hey, let, let, listen, any any chance we can get to compete, right? You know, I'm I'm ready to go. Wiffle ball, beach volleyball, whatever it is, you let me know. We'll go compete. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're going to out-compete me and everything, but that's fine. Uh, hey, let's start with the obvious. Uh, we all have <laughs> these internal clocks that are telling us we should be hanging out in spring training right now. It's the last week of February. <laughs> I don't see any palm trees outside my window, so apparently we're not doing that. Uh, how conscious are you right now of the alternate universe we should be living in versus the lockout universe where there's no baseball? No doubt, yeah. So for myself, um, you know, I was talking, I was actually talking to some friends uh, a few days ago about the situation, and you know, this year coming up will be my 11th season in professional baseball, my 10th year, and. Every year we say, right, this is the biggest year of our career. This is it. Well, um, I'm going into arbitration for my first time in my career, which is super humbling. I'm super blessed. I was tendered, tendered a contract back right before the lockout. Yeah. Um, so I've just been super anxious and anticipating, like going through that process for the first time. But for myself, nothing routine wise has changed, whether it's uh, working out every day, Monday through Friday, uh, schedule goes as I get up at nine, nine 30. Uh, I, I head to work out with my dad or my wife, uh, depending on the day. And then midday I'll go do my baseball workouts, throw hit. Uh, and then at night I I've incorporated hot yoga, which I've been doing four or five nights a week. And for all the outside noise, everything that's out of my control, I've kind of put behind me. Um, But like I said, biggest year of my career, I need to stay ready because we all know when baseball starts back up, which it will, and we are all hopeful it will. And it does, you have, it's going to be like next day, right? Like they're going to (laughs) call, Hey, you know, it's time to go. And I'm going to be in spring training tomorrow. If, you know, depending on when, when we're um, when it's open, but I just need to take care of the things that I, I can control and that's staying ready, uh, prepping the body and, you know, mentally, physically, all that good stuff. All right. So 
Doug and I both know beautiful Largo, Florida well. Um, like where in Largo can you go to simulate spring training and uh, get in your February baseball type activities? And I'm also curious what your teammates are doing. Yeah, I appreciate you asking. So Seminole High School is where I actually went to high school 10 minutes up the road. Uh, you've got Largo High School, where one of my buddies who I grew up playing with, Taylor Laner, he's the head coach out there. They both both those high schools let me come out to their practices. That's what I'm actually going to be going to, to do today. Uh, get my BP in, take infield outfield with the guys stretch, you know, kind of just get that spring training feel back out on the field. Uh, we all know how different it is. Um, from hitting in a cage to hitting on the field, your sights and stuff. So it's good that I have some fields to work out. And then there's also areas, other um, batting cages in the area, like the stance doctor. Uh, I know the Bichettes, they, you know, I've worked out with them, hit, hit up there with them quite a bit. And uh, so there's a lot of facilities down here in Seminole, Largo, Florida, Pinellas County area, uh, you know, year round, you get to play baseball year round in Florida. So uh, you take advantage of that, and especially during the off season, I, I definitely have an advantage being in Florida. You know, I'm one of your loyal Twitter followers, and everybody should know Brett Phillips is a must follow at <laughs> Brett underscore Phillips eight. I saw that you you stopped by the Largo Little League the other day. Apparently, there's no lockout in Little League. Trying to get those kids unionized. Hey, they're playing. They're ready to go. And I don't blame them. Uh, there was it was such a great opportunity. Woody Brown, the mayor here in Largo, called me up and he said, I've thrown out the first pitch for the last couple of years. My arms feel my arms hanging. Uh, will you do the honors? And, you know, that was a no brainer for me to go back. It was actually one of the fields that I grew up playing on eight, nine, 10 years old to go back, give back to the community. I said a few words and to throw out the first pitch, I think I gained more of it than, than the kids there. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it was just such a cool and humbling moment for me to be able to do that. And then I stu stuck around for about an hour and I took photos and signed autographs, but that's what it's all about, right? The platform that a major league baseball player has been given. Um, I'm an advocate for maximizing that and always giving back to the fans who, you know, make this game the greatest game on, on earth. So uh, what a blessing to go back and do that. <laughs> well, Brad, uh, do you have any teammates uh, that you're able to work out with at this time? And, you know, I know they're all in different circumstances, whether contractually or not. But uh, anybody you work out, I used to work out with Davey Martinez, so I'm dating myself back in the day. Ozzie oh, yeah. Ozzie Timmons, you remember Ozzy? Ozzy, that's my boy. He was my roommate in A ball and double A no and many way. other levels. Yeah, so so that's my room dog. All his push ups in the dugout. But so do you have some? Yeah. Go, do you have a go to you know group of teammates that you you kind of work out with? Yeah, you know you'll have to let Ozzy know that we connected. What an awesome human being. Um, I personally have not worked out with anyone this offseason. In the past, I worked out with Bo Bichette and his dad, Dante. Um, but just life gets in the way, um, I, and I've kind of been taking care of business on my own. I like to work out with my wife. It, it gives us a good opportunity to spend quality time together throughout a busy routine of, of a day, so that's good. Um, and as for hitting, kind of just taking care, like I said, doing my own thing. Uh, I wish I could connect with more guys in this area locally. Um, one of my best friends, Joey Crable, he's with the Baltimore Orioles. I throw with him uh, almost every other day, but he's a pitcher. So I just throw with him. And, and then uh, I know a lot of guys are working out in Tampa for, but for the most part, just doing my own thing. Do you, um, do you incorporate any of the sort of, 
you know, what's the evolution of your workouts with some of the new technology? Are you adding anything each off season? Yeah, I'm, that's uh, funny you asked. I actually took a drive over to Orlando. It was two weeks ago, and uh, you had two guys who are very are certified in all the KVS, all the technology. And uh, he, they actually work for like Perfect Game as well. They do stuff for for the high school kids. But it was really cool to get some information about my body and in my swing. I know a lot of these organizations have incorporated it throughout their minor leagues, but the, the information is not given fully in depth, um, whether that's because the organization is trying to hold on to, um, you know, to, to gauge prospects or whatnot, or maybe there's just so many guys that they can't fully explain in depth every guy's number. So it was really cool for me to see what's being measured. And uh, I got some good information about my body and what's, what's firing and what's not. So um, small things like that to incorporate again, 10 years in, uh, I know adjustments will always need to be made, but more so minor these days, as opposed to, to big adjustments in the off season. You know, I don't know about you, Brett, but, uh, because of this lockout, a lot of people that I know are starting to get ticked off at baseball. Yeah. So this is a good time for you to remind us that baseball is fun. <laughs> I want you to promise these people that it's still fun. Like, I, how would you convince that dude at Starbucks who's telling you he'll never watch baseball again that they're wrong? It's fun. And, you know, I work out at a local gym, Jason, and I've got people who come up to me and they're like, what's what's the situation? And, uh, you know, I say I, I always say, listen, I understand your frustration and what's going on. Um, I'm hopeful uh, that that things will pick up here soon. As for what's really going on behind closed doors, I'm not familiar with, uh, nor that's like above my high school level education. And what, you know, like for me, we pay a good amount in union dues, right? So like, <laughs> I, I trust that that's getting taken care of on my behalf while I am getting my work in, right, Doug? Like, like we pay a lot of money in union dues. So, and, and, and again, like I, I am not in any of the negotiations and I trust that we have a team that's taking care of that. But again, to the, to the average fan, they don't want to hear any, any excuses. Right. So like, I'm just like, I'm sorry. Um, I, I apologize on behalf of everyone, but please, please, please. When baseball starts back up, we want to see you out at the trop and, and we want you out at the games because you guys are, you know, you guys make y'all make this the greatest sport. So. You know, if you agree that baseball is fun, Brett can help with that. He'd be happy to sell you a T-shirt or a tumbler or a headband, and it'll say baseball is fun on it. So, Brett, in my I want handwriting. You to... Yes. In, your... in, my, really in my elementary handwriting. All right. So how could people buy baseball is fun stuff if they wanted to do that? No, that's awesome. Thanks for letting me uh, plug baseball is fun. A little backstory you know, after the World Series hit hit in the walk-off in my interview, which I was so spaced out, <laughs> super excited, like way too much going on. I made a comment. I was like, man, baseball is fun. And at the time I had I didn't think about it. Like, you know, baseball is fun. I I, I love this game. I and everyone on social media and Twitter was just like, that's amazing. What a great quote. And I'm like, wow, like, yeah, let's let's maximize let's let's take advantage of this and my wife and i created 
the baseball is fun apparel company, but also a movement that we plan later in the future for really cool things to, to do and expand on. But as of right now, you can visit us at baseballisfun35.com or on social media, baseball is fun. And again, you've got the flying man logo uh, <laughs> that, uh, you know, everyone knows and um, baseball is fun in my own handwriting, but it's, it's been really cool to see the growth of this business and um, how many parents will come up to me and just be like, you know, thank you for reminding us uh, why baseball is fun. And it starts at the top level, right? Like big leaguers, set the tone for everyone underneath, whether it's how you go about your business, um, how you, you know, how you work, how, how you respect the game, things that I take into account and have to recognize being a major league baseball player and also being an advocate for baseball is fun, uh, is just, is super important for me to recognize and also give back in a way that, Hey, you know, especially to the parents, don't put so much pressure on your kids. This is, remind your kids, encourage your kids why they started playing the game in the first place is because it's fun, you know, and as we grow older, competition rises, uh, politics, whatever it may be, um, creeps in and takes that joy away from why, why we're playing in the first place. So for me to be able to represent baseball as fun at the big league level is, is hopefully going to overflow into uh, parents and kids' lives. All right, now, look, since you mentioned this, we, we've got to go back to the beginning, okay? The, two, the 2020 World Series, a moment very few people get to live. Two outs in the ninth inning, Rays trailing the Dodgers, Brett Phillips at the dish facing Kenley Jansen. we got to hear this again, so let's listen to it. And the Rays are going to ask for the biggest hit in the life of Brett Phillips, the 26-year-old outfielder. Jansen, that is into center field. Here comes Kiermaier. Phillips has tied the game. Arose, Arena coming around. Throw home, now he stumbles. But the ball gets away. Tampa Bay wins it. Brett Phillips, game four, hero. <laughs> ah, goosebumps, man. Amazing. You ever Amazing. get tired of hearing that? <laughs> You know, up until that point, Jason, I was known throughout the league as like that dude with the crazy laugh or like, you know, <laughs> that dude with that baseball player with the big personality. And uh, to have a moment like that in my career that bridged the gap from having fun and also being known for something really cool has propelled my career in just such an amazing, amazing way. And uh, so, so blessed to have that moment, uh, a walk-off hit, even though we didn't win the World Series and you got to give credit where credit is due. The Dodgers played a heck of a series that that year and, and they deserved it. But um, I'm super thankful to have a moment go down in history and, and to be a part of history like that. Yeah, first time since Kirk Gibson, a team was trailing a World Series game with two outs in the ninth and then one on a hit by the next guy to come to bat. That was you. And then like you, you had that baseball is fun quote. Do you ever take a step back and think how incredible it is, how one swing of the bat, one moment in time, one quote can literally be life-changing? Life-changing all the time. Uh, and, you know, for me, 
in, in, in my faith, uh, that's all God given and all the glory to God. But on, on a daily basis, just in my individual, I'm just so thankful. Uh, if baseball were to end tomorrow for me, what the, the relationships, the friendships, the, the memories, the places baseball has taken me, I'm, I'm just thankful on a daily basis. Uh, I give all of my thanks to God. But yes, uh, I, I always just try and, um, you know, just understand how big and, you know, how big of an opportunity I've, I've been given on a daily basis. I would be doing a disservice to the people around me if, if I did, if I wasn't as joyful as I am, or if I wasn't as thankful as I am. So, yeah. Well, Brad, I'm curious when you kind of connected the dots to say, wait a minute, this, this can be something, you know, I've, I mean, I look at the numbers here, first of all, like very understated, but you know, you're, you had top 20 home to first speed, like you can fly, right. And you threw 94 in a game, just coming as a, as a pitcher, just coming in. So I'm wondering, you know, when you sort of said, you know, this could be a profession. I mean, this really can turn into something that you do have these platforms and these opportunities. Yeah, well, you know, through the minor leagues, um, I, I had a successful minor league career. If you look at the numbers of being a top prospect uh, in my head going into the major leagues, I, I had this thought that, you know, I was just going to continue this awesome run of success. Everything is going to be perfect. I'm going to be an all-star in the big leagues like I was at almost every level in the minors. I'm going to hit 300 like I did almost at every level. And, and that has not, you know, been true at all. Um, five seasons in the big leagues, I'm still work, figuring things out, how to navigate the, the, the big league pitching, the lifestyle, you know, the, the, just all the external factors that go into it. And, you know, it's been a process. And each year uh, I have been able to learn and experience new things that have helped me um, going forward. And as for baseball is fun and, you know, my life away from baseball, which has also been super successful, whether it's, you know, going out to an all-star game uh, and, and being a, 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 not a commentator, but interviewing players or at the world series or, you know, video gaming, just maximizing the platform that baseball has given me, but understanding like, Hey, there's more to your life than just being a baseball player. Um, you, you know, you can be successful in other areas of your life. And baseball has taught me that the people in, in my corner have taught me that. And, uh, you know, just moving forward, I'm, I'm just going to continue to take advantage because Doug, you know, it could be taken away from you in, in, in an instant. And when that time comes, you need to be prepared to go off into another direction where you're going to lead a life full of happiness and joy, just as baseball's done. So I'm just kind of preparing myself, but also, you know, navigating, you know, the, this life, uh, the best that I can. You know, I, I saw you last year at the all-star game and the world series working <laughs> on our side of baseball, the media side. I have no doubt you'll have a fantastic Doug Glanville like future in broadcasting once you're playing. You know, I don't, I'm not sure if you know how Doug and I came to be podcast partners and such good friends, but I mean, it's a lot like what you described. Uh, I mean, just like you, Doug understood that you could have fun talking to the media. And uh, we, we bonded when I covered him in Philadelphia because we both found so much joy and humor 
in the fun side of baseball. So is it true you'd like to be Doug Glanville when you grow up? <laughs> it's definitely an option. I would love to. And and Doug, you know, you're paving the way for, for guys like myself who can <clears throat> go into another career, but also having knowledge and information on, on the, your previous career. And, you know, for me, whether it's every single day, I'm looking to better myself. Uh, I'm always uh, uh, observing. So how my favorite coaches throughout my career, how have they gone about their business and how have they helped me taking things from that, just putting it in my pocket? How are the best interviewers or the, the best broadcasters, how are they going about their business? What, what are they doing that people on social media are saying? That's really cool. Oh, let me take a piece of that and put it in my pocket. And, and like I said, when my baseball career is over, I have different avenues that I can explore that I'm passionate about that also I've educated myself and prepared myself for. And so Doug, guys like you who, who, are, who have done it, and have came from where I'm from have am at now is really cool. And it's just really cool to see. And again, I, I appreciate what y'all do for us. At the end of the day, this is this is for us. You guys are promoting our personal brands and you're getting uh, our personalities to out to the people who support us. So uh, me being on the other side when I was uh, an, um, interviewing the players, it was very tough for me, and, and I recognized and I noticed some things that players don't make themselves as accessible as they should be. And uh, I saw how hard it was to, to get a player for just one minute. I just want to talk to someone for one minute, and I, and I recognized how, how hard that was and what I felt inside, like, am I annoying these guys? <laughs> like, like I, I, I am so glad I did what I did because it opened my eyes to – everyday situations and issues that y'all deal with. So now knowing that, holy cow, I'm trying to make myself as accessible as possible. I want to make myself as easy to talk to as possible. I want to say as much as I can. So you guys have more to follow up on. Uh, you see that, you know, all the time, like you get a couple word answers and you're just like, uh, 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 what do I like? What, right. Like that is tough and it's really cool to, to have been on the other side. And I hope MLB continues to, you know, think of me to do things like that. And I hope I can continue to maximize on the platform. So uh, Brad, are there any players or sort of maybe mentors within the organization or organizations you've played for that has really stood out and changed the trajectory of your career? There's one guy, uh, he wouldn't know this, but he's, he was my favorite player in high school, Curtis Granderson. Um, he's my, he was my favorite player. He is my favorite player. He's a very well, well-spoken human being. He's a humanitarian. He gives back the, the way Curtis Granderson goes about his business is uh, very encouraging to me. And, uh, I kind of just watch what he does and how he goes about his business as for players, um, doing what I'm doing now inside the game. I don't think there's anybody, uh, and correct me if I'm, if I'm wrong, that's really putting themselves out there to, to, you know, think about post-career stuff as, as much as I do. Um, and so I, again, I just, I'm trying to learn from guys like y'all, um, you know, people in the industry, uh, just everyone in general, always observing. 
Can we go back and relive some more Brett Phillips on field fun? Uh, I want to go back to last July in Buffalo. You know where we're going, right? This is the night Kevin Cash decided it was time for Brett Phillips to make his big league pitching debut. Let's listen to this one. That's Brett Phillips out there. We saw him in the bullpen and here we go interested to see the the delivery we saw him working on uh, any number of them down in the bullpen and the pitch is up what <laughs> yeah 94 yeah <laughs> they're going what oh and then here's one at 47 he cut it in half a little change of speed cut it in half did we get a ball yep no he dropped the ball Gets himself set. That was embarrassing. Little, oh man, that's a little rough. On the ground and a diving stop. Wendell's going to make that play, stepping on the bag at third for the force. All right, let's go back to this now. First pitch, 94. Second pitch, 47. <laughs> Talk good about math. Good changing math. speeds. I look, I looked this up. I had to do it in the stat cast era. We've only had three other times the two pitches had a separation of 47 miles an hour or more. And one of them was on an intentional walk. So, so, so what's harder throwing 94 in the big leagues or throwing 47 with a big league hitter at the plate? Holy cow. Let me just preface it by saying when people ask what's the best moment of your career, pitching is right next to the walk-off. <laughs> I tell you, it, was, it is the most fun I've ever had on a baseball field. Going out there in a major league baseball field with zero expectations. Uh, the announcer was talking about my special delivery. Everyone's like, why did you throw like that? Well, when you have an all-star studded lineup like the Toronto Blue Jays and you looking down the bat of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., like I want to be opened up. So when I throw it, I'm available to catch a 127-mile-per-hour line drive right back at me. You know, as for the 94 miles per hour, I, I told our, our pitching coach, uh, our bullpen coach to call down and let Kevin Cash know that, hey, um, Phillips wants to air one out and then he's going to lob the rest. And so when I came out there, American Ninja Warrior style, right, like I came full speed, I was ready to go. Um, I was telling Jonathan Davis when he came up to bat, I was like, hey, can you, you know, back up a little bit? And I guess obviously no, no one ever has done that in a game, like tell the hitter to back off the plate a little bit. Right. And So like when I, when I threw it, it would have looked really bad if I drilled Jonathan Davis at 90 plus miles an hour, like on accident, right. It wouldn't have been on purpose, but I had to let a little off. So I still think there was more in the tank. Um, and then I, I went to, to 47 miles an hour and I had some swing and misses, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, all-star swing and miss yeah. Marcus, Marcus Simeon, all-star swing and miss. I mean, what's that say about myself? I don't know. All-star <laughs> pitcher. Yeah, or a heck of a cutter. The, the 47 mile an hour cutter. I mean, do you know the spin rate on those? Wait, cutter described that pitch. Yeah. The one that kind yeah, of moved at the end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, it was the cutter. Okay. We'll go with that. No, I was holding it. That's that's my pitch, the 47 mile per hour air cutter, <laughs> we call it. Um, and so just and I, the most fun I've ever had. And everyone, I'm glad everyone, you know, saw the joy behind it and the fun behind it because listen, 162 games in a baseball season, you're gonna you're gonna have those games where you're getting blown out and you know, you have to come back the next day and compete. So it's not like it's a football season 
where you're playing one game a week, like you can't be messing around like that. But, you know, in a baseball season, 162 games, I took advantage of the opportunity to have fun. And I'm so glad I did. Oh, did you get the spin rate on any of those pitches? They, they I, I, I asked our <laughs> analytical guy what the 94 at the top of the zone was. He said it was 16, uh, it's 16 carry, which is, it was, uh, is, is flat. So, um, I don't know if I have a career after baseball being a pitcher, but it definitely is in the pocket with everything else. I, hold on. I when spring training starts. I, I was assuming you would report with the pitchers and catchers. Isn't that uh-huh. true? I told Mark Topkin of uh, the Tampa Bay Times I was very, very frustrated when the you know the pitchers and catchers were supposed to report last week. I was going to show up uninvited and uh, show show the front office what what I could bring to to you know. I feel like I only got one inning to prove myself. Uh, we all know the more opportunity, the better. So I was just going to show up and go out there. I don't know, have a wig on or something. Put some. <laughs> put Glassnow's name on, on the back of my jersey and uh, just get some get some reps in. And they'll be like, who is this? You know, look, look, I know people thought you were joking when you compared yourself to Otani after that game. But seriously, what can Otani do that you can't do? That's what I'm saying. And, you know, it's very unfortunate for the Tampa Bay Rays that I'm going into my first year of arbitration that Otani is going to be my comparison. And we all <laughs> – we all know the type of season that he just put together. So when I go in, you know, if we don't settle, it, I'm sorry. It's the numbers are the numbers and we're the comparison is the comparison and the judge will have to make a decision based on what, you know, he sees, he saw 94 at the top of the zone. Otani throws 94 at the top of the zone. <laughs> you know, Otani hitting some homers. Hey, listen, Brett Phillips hit some homers. So yeah. Grand slams at that. Yeah, the grand yeah. slams. <laughs> exactly. So, oh my god. Yeah. So now I'm curious. The one thing that you do a lot of is hit triples. I, I thought that was fascinating. Now we had Theo Epstein on a, a few. What is it about last year or earlier last season? And Theo talked about one of the things that fans found the most exciting was the triple. I mean, is there anything to it? Because you always hear about. Well, stop at second. You know, you get paid for doubles. Never. I'm not stopping <laughs> at second. I, I want I listen. First of all, if I hit a ball down the line or in the gap, I'm thinking three right out of the gate. <laughs> I know most people are like, ah, I'll, I'll take I'll stop at second. But that's where my OPS uh I gotta take advantage of that speed, right, Doug? Gotta take advantage of that speed. NBA had their skills competition and you know for the all-star game. Can you think of something that could be fun for, for baseball to have like skills competition? Yeah. I saw some stuff on the, uh, the internet, people talking about, you know, maybe throw from third, uh, from right field to home plate. I know back in the, in the day they did the catcher pop time at second um, or like a first to third, but I guess what comes with that is the possibility of injuries and, you know, that, that would be, that would suck if someone were to get injured in an all-star game doing stuff like that. I personally would, would definitely do it. You know, I, I, I would enjoy doing that. Um, maybe a bunting competition. Baseball is fun. Baseball can be more fun. Just hang around with us. <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, Doug mentioned the grand slams. Uh, we're not going to play the grand slams, but this is one of your all time tremendous feats. This started last week of July, last season, continued on in the middle of August. <laughs> 
in 19 days, you hit three grand slams and an inside the park homer. And I talked to you afterward. You seemed pretty stoked when I told you that not only had you set a record for shortest span for any player in history to hit three grand slams in an inside the parker, but the old record was held by some guy. Let me see if I can look up who he is. Oh, Babe Ruth. <laughs> That's wild. Right. We've already proved how similar you are as a player to Otani. How similar do you think you are to Babe Ruth? Again, that's unfortunate for the Rays. I'm going to have to be compared to Babe Ruth in my arbitration case. On a serious note, unbelievable. Like, I didn't even know that when you told me that I was in company with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Speechless. I don't like, I don't even know what to say. I was never speechless. I know, Doug, I told Jason, I was like, don't even put my name, like, take my name, just put my name below Babe Ruth. I I beat the record, just put me at number two, because it doesn't sound right. Um, You know, but shout out to to Dovetail Bats. And, you know, I I switched right before that run, uh, right after the All-Star break, I went to a uh, Pro XR knob by Dovetail Bats. And I just started hitting home runs, having success. Uh, the bat was working for me and uh, well, what a crazy, you know, turn of events. Doug, let me ask you about what Brett just did there. I, he just renounced his own record. He Is renounced that possible? It. Yeah. yeah that, that's kind of a, that's almost like a diplomatic gesture, you know, bring countries together. I, I think there's a lot of validity there. Just <laughs> pass the torch. <laughs> <laughs> just, just put me second. Even when people read it, they're like, well, his numbers are like better. No, 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 no. It's okay. Yeah. Like, understand the situation. <laughs> very Olympic. It's very Olympic. I like it. Spirit of Olympics. <laughs> like we're putting bread on the gold medal stand. No, we won't stand there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have to talk to the Elias Sports Bureau about this one, man. Yeah. <laughs> First, he renounced his record. <laughs> Relinquished the throne. I mean, I just think of Babe, Babe Ruth you know, sitting up there in heaven where, you know, looking down and being like, Brett Phillips, like, (laughs) I thought that record was going to be there forever. Like, who is this guy? Right. Like, and I'm just right. I'm right there with you, babe. Like, I don't know what happened either. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Look, Brett, we can't let you leave without playing America's favorite game. Know your Brett Phillips trivia. I hope you're ready to play our game. <laughs> I'm multiple excited. Choice. It's multiple choice, so it's easy to play. One question. You're ready, right? Uh, ready. Okay, here goes. Which active player has more career grand slams? Is it A, Brett Phillips, B, Aaron Judge, or C, Madison Bumgarner? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I ha- I got to go with... I got to go with the bum, Bumgarner. See, Madison Bumgarner. I, I, Doug, I tricked him again, man. <laughs> he, he relinquished his answer. He relinquished. Madison Bumgarner, two career grand slams. Aaron oh, Judge, man. two career grand slams. <laughs> How many does Brett Phillips have do? again? <laughs> At least three. I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> You got three. That's yeah, crazy. you're the winner. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. They're way cooler than I am, though. So, 
There, okay, so, so now you're renouncing your cool factor? No. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't sound right. I'm sorry. Like I'm being, I'm being completely honest. Matt, I, I was hoping Madison Bumgarner was the answer there because, listen, a pitcher, I know how hard it is to, to pitch and hit. So him being able to hit you know, two grand slams as a pitcher – that's uh, that's very impressive, Madison. Good for you, man. And that's say, I look. I I want you to think about your visit to Starkville. We we've proven that you're greater than Babe Ruth, greater than Otani, greater than Judge, greater than Bumgarner. You should hang out here more often, don't you think? I, I, you know what? I'm walking away from this interview just with the biggest <laughs> smile. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through the door when I when I when I leave. My wife's going to be like, "Why is your your chest all puffed out?" <laughs> oh, let me tell you, the boys think I'm the man. You know, like <laughs> you guys pump me up so much. I appreciate that. Well, look, uh, Brett, you always make us smile, and that's one of the rules here in Starkville. You have to enter and leave with a smile. So look, come back and visit us again soon. And I'll, I'll look for you at Starbucks and Largo. How about that? Please. Hey, Doug, Jason, thank you so much for having me on. Appreciate everything y'all do for us and uh, hope to talk to y'all soon. Well, Doug, it is that time again. It is time for listener trivia, our way of involving you, our favorite listeners in this show. Here's what we do. We pick a trivia question from some lucky listener. Then we invite that lucky listener to join us on this show and attempt to stump us with their question. You know, we'll tell you how you can do that in just a few minutes. Uh, better recap, Doug, we nailed yet another trivia question in the last show because, of course, we did. <laughs> if you're... Keeping track at home, and honestly, I, you should not be keeping track of this at home. Uh, that makes seven of these questions that we have gotten right out of the last nine. Has there ever been a streak like this in trivia history, Doug? I, don't you think Ken Jennings should be hitting us up <laughs> for autographs right now? Uh, I'm expecting that call. Is he the trivia question? This is, that's, that's what we need to bring in. We need to be in pure jeopardy. I think we're at that level. Now, if you compare our tone this year versus last year, it, it's quite a pendulum swing, but I, I'm going to work with that. <laughs> yeah, we're not beaten down like we usually are. That'll, that'll, that'll be back, that tone. But for now, we're just going to go with this ebullience or whatever this is. Uh, so this week, something unusual happened. Uh, we picked our question from our lucky listener, and he couldn't fit us into his busy schedule and join us on this show, and I'm really sorry about that because the question came from a guy named Eddie Denkin, who's actually a friend of our family in Pennsylvania. He's a former volleyball dad just like me, but you know what, Doug? We can get this wrong with or without him. <laughs> <laughs> We've proven that many times. Um, so in Eddie's place, we're bringing in the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, to play the role of guest trivia stumper. So Tim, when you ran for mayor, did you always dream of this moment? You know, it's it's in the uh what do you call it when you put a government together? It's in the documents. It's in the, the Constitution. The, the tablet, the Constitution. I guess. The, well, yeah, sure, tablet. I like tablet that. actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we etched it in stone here in Starkville. We have a Starkville uh, Constitution. This is, <laughs> this is one of the duties is to step in 
when there is no trivia question asker. Although he used, Eddie actually used a different term. He uh, played off of DH and he asked if I could be the DQ, the designated questioner. Wow. Is that in the constitution? I'm going to, I'm going to give this a, I think it's a cabinet position in Starkville. (laughs) We should appoint a, you know, the mayor and then you have a DQ or cabinet. It's it's cabinet level. So, um, yeah. So definitely enjoy that. If we had a DQ, I would like an ice cream cone (laughs) (laughs) or a blizzard. All right. Anyway, instead I'm going to get a question. So, all right, Tim, hit us. Here it is. And you you requested on Twitter that this uh, that people get in the one team, basically in honor of yeah. Ryan Zimmerman, who's retiring, only played for the Washington Nationals. Uh, so trivia questions related to players who played for one team their entire career. Eddie took it another level, actually includes Ryan Zimmerman in the question. So here you go. Ryan Zimmerman spent his entire career with the Washington Nationals, which players spent his entire career with their precursor, the Montreal Expos. And now to be eligible for this, that player must have spent a minimum of 10 years in the big league. So one player who played at least 10 years, all of them for the Montreal Expos. Only one player spent his whole career with the Expos. Wow. Well, just to clarify, he only played for the Montreal Expos, never the Nationals. It was only the Expos. For t- okay. Yes, Great. correct. All right, so get it? We're looking for a former Montreal Expo who spent at least 10 seasons in the big leagues, all with the Expos, never played for any other team. And, you know, this one got harder the more I thought about it. Uh, like, he, you know, I started with all the Expos Hall of Famers. Ran through them in my head. Tim Raines, Andre Dawson, Gary Carter, Pedro, Vlad. What do they have in common? Oh, all some, yeah, gone. Yeah, somewhere else. Left. Yeah, yeah so, it's, oh, so we, it's not a Hall Larry of Famer. Larry Walker. So yeah. now, okay, now we're, now we're into that category of, yeah, well, Larry Walker's another. So now we're into that category of, Expos lifers yeah. who were not great enough to be Hall of Famers. Like, this is a pretty esoteric right. category. But right? had a good career. Ten so, years. Yeah. So I like I, I felt like it almost has to be a pitcher. Uh Steve Rogers, maybe, Bill Stoneman, I thought about. A name Bryn Smith <laughs> came to me. I don't know why. Uh, Jeff Vicero. Oh my goodness! Like, is there no. is there some reliever I'm not thinking of? Like Chad Cordero. <laughs> no, he went to Washington, yeah. right? So, Doug, this is freaking oh, hard. Vicero. All right, that was my he, first major league home run. He, so, um, you know I all think, about him. Then he played for yeah, Seattle, I, I, so I think he's out. Yeah. Yeah, he he, actually, um, he wasn't there the last time. Yeah. Well, first of all, my gut right out of the gate was Steve Rogers. I can't. Really? I can't think of another team he pitched for. So, I had the so same that's thought. that's my first. Now Stan Bonson, you know, did he pay for the Red Sox or something? You know, because oh, he played Yankees, for the Yankees. Yeah, get him. Um, Famous Yankee. Uh, yeah, Stoneman. <laughs> did he play for the Orioles? Wait, how many? How many? How many players came up with the Yankees and are remembered as a? Yeah. <laughs> he might be the only one by you. Well, you know why he um he had a travel company and a cruise line and i actually signed up to do this baseball cruise so we ended up going on tour i think that was bonson yeah so so he was around um yeah so you know i try to think of the players i played against you know and i think they all left at some point um yeah. i mean the guy like jose vidro did he play for anyone else that's what 
I believe he did. I wasn't yes. sure about him, but um, but yeah, all the, became a free agent. Yeah, all those guys. Yeah, that's a Chris good Widger, he was with the Mariners, and like, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, those those pitchers. I mean, how do they sneak under the radar? I mean, who else? If we go to like, <laughs> what is it? What was their park? Jandy Park wasn't their park? Jari. 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 Okay, Park Jari Park. And then Stad Olympique. Yeah, so you go back then. Oh, boy. Park Jari. Uh, Bill Stoneman. I, after that, I'm Stoneman, stuck. Stoneman. Stoneman. <laughs> did, did he play for the Red Sox or Orioles or something? Uh, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I, 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 look, I honestly, I'm like you, I don't remember Steve Rogers pitching for any other team. So let's just guess yeah. him. What, what do we have yeah. to lose? Right? All right. uh, can I text right. him? I can't tell. I'll have to wait for the answer. To... <laughs> no. No. Uh, all right, Mr. Mayor, is there any chance that we got another one and that the answer is Steve Rogers? You did. You got another one. Oh, my God. <laughs> out of 10? I, Unbelievable. I, I do not believe this. Like, now, yeah. Doug, now we even got a question right about the only Montreal Expo to play for no other team. Yeah. I, I feel like we made a pact <laughs> that we didn't know about with some witch doctor, and now we can't even get questions wrong that we know nothing about. Like, 8 out of 10? Is that good? I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know. I felt good about Rod. I know at some point, I you know, working with him in the Players Association, I know I looked him up somewhere. I was like, yeah, and, you know, Tulsa, you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma, native, so I know it just uh, yeah that was beautiful it kind of worked so couldn't think of anybody else nice work it's it's, it's amazing <laughs> look I, I don't know I, I I don't know how this is happening but uh, I do know this is an excellent time to turn to our mayor to provide the highlight of this segment literally by playing another one of his epic play-by-play clips which involve the question uh i feel like this is going to go back to the 1981 postseason that's just my guess what do you got for us mayor tim mcmaster wow putting the pressure on me but you are correct we're going back to 1981 game five of the national league division series it was expos and phillies Steve Rogers started that game against Steve Carlton. He also finished it throwing a shutout six hitter. But our moment is when he came to the plate with a chance to put his team in front with the bat in the fifth inning. Here you go. Back through the middle and a base hit. Two runs are going to score. Here comes the throw cut off by Rose. Throw to third. Not in time. And the second goes Rogers. Expos lead it two to nothing on Rogers' second hit of the ball game. A big play for the Montreal Expos as Rogers helps his own cause with a big base hit. Three nothing was the final, so he threw the shutout. He knocked in the first two runs of the game. He was two for three at the plate. What a performance! Well, that that I mean. That was look. The Expos didn't win a lot of postseason series. They won that one. They won a series that shouldn't even have existed. But that's all another story. <laughs> thanks to another labor dispute. At any rate, that was great. Loved, loved hearing that one. Uh, sorry, Eddie Denkin couldn't join us, but Eddie, fun question, man. Uh, thanks for being part of Starkville, even if it wasn't in person. Sorry you couldn't be there to hear us get your question right and have Doug do his little 
question dance, whatever that was. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I appreciate the fact Steve Rogers, someone I got to know really well, working on the Players Alumni Association as well as the Players Association. Uh, I just, you know, got a nasty sink. And I was a Phillies fan, so I, I remember a lot of history between the Expos and the Phillies. And certainly playing in Montreal was a thrill. So, you know, great question. And you know, it's always nice to talk about Steve Rogers. I got to know him for a long time. Been a pleasure to work with him. Yeah, no, Steve, well, too. Great guy. Strange But True. So in our last show in the Strange But True segment, we compared football with baseball. This week, we're going to compare basketball to baseball. We're creative like that. Earlier in the show, when we were talking to Brett Phillips, uh, you mentioned the NBA skills competition. I'm not sure how much you watched of that NBA All-Star Weekend, but it was really fun. I don't know if you saw this. Like, at one point, there was Giannis and the rest of it, like his brothers, they were shooting (laughs) three-pointers over a windmill. (laughs) I'm not sure what was going on there, but it was was entertaining. So here's what I thought as I watched this thing. Baseball needs a skills competition (laughs) at the All-Star Game. Uh, They actually did try this once upon a time uh this was back in the the 90s i think it didn't go well they had a hitting for accuracy (laughs) contest and nobody could hit any of the targets i think wade boggs might have hit one if they hung around long enough they had a relay throw competition that was actually cool but then barry larkin hurt his arm in it reds weren't a big fan of that so that was the end of that idea uh, I think we can help them bring something along these lines back, Doug, in that innovative way of ours. Oh, yeah. um, I think we should give them some ideas. Uh, you are a, a an innovative human. I'm going to let you just riff. <laughs> get, get rolling. Do well, it. First of all, I actually had a chance to participate in a skills competition in Puerto Rico, and uh, that was fun. I, I had a controversial win in the race. I think it was... Let's see, what would it be? It wasn't 60 yard. I have to remember the distance, but it was a sprint. And they brought in two of the runners from like the national team, the Puerto Rican team, and Bernie Williams. And we raced against each other. Uh, somebody, you know, he claimed, or many, him, the controversy is that he claimed I jumped the gun, but I got out there and actually won this thing. <laughs> and I, You did jump yeah, the gun. No, right? I don't think I did, but, you know, that's what I was, that's what he claimed. So um, the, however, the, I was wearing full uniform blue spikes, maroon kind of in gold uniform. Bernie was wearing an aerodynamic sp- spacesuit that was <laughs> was like calibrated to like the s- temperature of the sun and warmed up for like an hour before and then, then he ran. So it looked kind of crazy that I beat everybody in spikes. But that is my memory of skills competition. So feel you know callers feel free to call in. We can debate the whole start time and all that. So uh, so that's what's inspired me. So I'm kind of thinking a few things. Well you know, I, 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 you know, one thing, I want to bring back some classics. So do you remember running bases or, quote, pickles? I think oh, you yeah. throw somebody in a rundown and see how quickly someone can get out of it. And you just go back and forth. You take people back old school, I, you know? I, I, hey, I've got a variation yeah. on that. The Javi Baez rundown Ooh, competition. I like it. Between Sponsor, home and first. I like it. See how far you can make it. Well, I think, <laughs> I think first we have to discuss these and have sponsors. So this will sponsor this by David Copperfield. Okay, we'll have some sort of, you know, we got we got to do <laughs> yes. that. 
And yeah, like how, yeah. how, you know, how fast you get out of it. I think it could be fun. You know, we do the running bases. Then, I, you know, I'm going to go a little all over the map here. So it's not going to make any sense. That's kind of the point. So the debate on have a catch or I'm going to play catch. I think we do it like, you know, the game that my daughters play avocado where you go fast and then whoever messes up has to accept the other person's view of what you say when two people throw a ball. <laughs> so have a catch, play a catch, have a catch, play a catch. You know, you turn it into like an Abbott Costello thing. Uh, so that's it doesn't show skills but in a certain sense, but there's mental acuity involved here. So I don't, I don't know who sponsors that. Maybe, yes, yeah. baseball is the thinking man's skills yeah. competition. No windmills. Yeah. No, we got to windmills. Then you have a sliding. <laughs> you have to have something with sliding. All the old classic slides, like the hook slide, the back door, they're kind of a dying breed. So I think you have to slide almost like bowling pins and see if you can get in between. You might add a little water to make it exciting. Try to find out if you can slide your way through these pins and then knock knock it off with your toe without getting tagged. You know, so I, I, I love that idea. I do like the arm accuracy. Did you talk about that? Like cutoffs and relays. I know my concern is people get hurt, but, but it is yeah. like, you know, stratomatic baseball. I'm going to throw you out there. I used to think it would be really cool to have an arm strength for the infielders, not just the outfielder, because I used to love playing with A-Rod and Michael Young. You just you could just roll it to them, and they were unbelievably accurate, and it made a big difference on cutoffs and relays. So you got to have something like that. Um, I'm going to you know throw some out, out there. I mean, I mentioned the sliding test. You know, bullpen, I think you have to bring in the coaches and the umpires as well. Uh, you call who is faster calling to the bullpen. All right, so you have a pitcher start stretching his arm out like he got hurt on the mound. Then you find out who picks up the phone quickest to get to the bullpen and whoever answers first. Uh, lifetime supply, at, you know, whatever, AT&T or, you know, Verizon, they get a phone plan or something like that. Do they use calling cards anymore? Yeah. Yeah, so I like that. No. Now, next, I'm going to go home run robbery. We got we to see who could scale the highest wall. You, have, you know how you do the rock climbing? You have a 30-foot yes. wall. You hit the ball and you got to climb up and try to rob the ball and you keep doing it. Now, of course, you have safety nets and harnesses and things like that. And you see who gets to the top. And since it's a robbery, the winner gets you know, like their own bank branch, you know, like whatever, Bank of America or something like that. They, <laughs> they start their own branch. So, uh, Dude, does Bank of America know? <laughs> they get to run. <laughs> so now for managers, we have to have something about challenging a call. So there's a bad call on the field. Whoever throws out the call, the flag first, and is right, has to get some sort of some sort of a beautiful trophy on this. I don't know what the gift could be, but you have to be right. Maybe you win like a gavel. You could be a judge or something, a golden gavel. So um, I'm, I'm I'm trying to include everybody in this. We did umpires. Did we do umpires on the calls? You mentioned yeah, umpires. Something about call accuracy. Yeah. So we got them. So I don't know if the viewers would tune in on that. So we could add the players, like sprint speed going to first and then kind of decide how to combine it. But we got to bring everybody into this. You know, you know, sprint speed. And, and did you set, who sent me the video? You sent the video. What's the video you sent me on? I think it was you or Tim. I think I got a video that I think we should. The, the, the. Bunt Derby. That's it. <laughs> I mean, that is beautiful. How accurate are your bunts? And then, you know, you know, it's like figure skating. They took away figures. How can they do that? They took it away and it turned into kind of a jump fest. I get it. I love it. Still love it. But figure skating was a precision thing. Bunting, same flavor. Bring it back. So uh-huh. And would we have like the, the, the stat cast readings on yeah. velocity touch spin <laughs> that bunt went seven deadening feet. sort of a deadening rate and then you know uh-huh oh you yeah. can do that 
<laughs> yes. Yeah. Points. Yeah. I love it. Loving curling. I love it. Yeah, right. I like this it. And then you know, look, Ichiro did. Wait, but it wouldn't be on ice. Wouldn't be on ice, right? Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe you know, ice is. A little... <laughs> hey, but you know what? Bunt, bunt, but bunning on ice <laughs> would be an incredible skills competition. That's right. And then look, Ichiro. Don't forget, Ichiro inspired us. You're a position player. You go back to high school and you pitch against a team and you see how many strikeouts you get in seven innings. That's what Ichiro <laughs> just. That, that's what we find out. All right. What? I mean, I, like I don't know that anybody would televise this, but it's fun. <laughs> I, I have a couple of ideas. I you you trampled over some of my other ones, but um, the, how about this one? The, the, in honor of Brett Phillips, how about a position player pitching contest? Slowest pitch that could get an all-star hitter to swing <laughs> and miss. What do you think? Well, I, and then, awesome. well, and if you can, the ephesus would be just yeah, flying through. Yeah, the you night. add spin rate to it, and you maybe have to be below a certain spin rate to qualify. I think it'd be beautiful. <laughs> Good idea. I like it. <laughs> uh, like the hitters, would they <laughs> would they volunteer to do this, or would we have to like subpoena them? To do <laughs> Probably this? throw a subpoena out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the other one I was thinking of. Uh, this is kind of inspired by the freeze in Atlanta. Oh, you know, yeah. Fans, they bring the fans out of the yeah. stands to, to race the freeze, and he's in a track suit, and they're wearing their, their uh, all birds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know, whatever. Uh, how about a bullpen cart race? Mm. So we have two I relievers. Like One of them sprints in from a bullpen. <laughs> the other rides the cart. Who gets there first? Uh, those, Magic. I, I think those bullpen carts are capped at like three miles an hour or something. They they probably have some sort of speed limit. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it, especially with the old caps back in the day. You know, the Mister Met. Oh yeah, yeah. We we could definitely get a sponsor for those bullpen carts. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Look, I, I I'm just blabbering right now. I don't even know what I'm talking about. But I think let's keep thinking yeah, on this. Yeah. And and before the All Star Game this year. Let's bring this yep. back. We'll get the we'll we'll bring back our favorite ideas. Maybe we'll ask our listeners for their favorite ideas for a skills competition. Mm -hmm. We will plan an incredible event, guaranteed never to take mm -hmm. place. <laughs> Love it. That's what I see. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's show. We'll be bringing podcast magic, just like this. All spring long, once the spring actually begins, on the Athletic Baseball Show, which is available in its entirety, absolutely free, everywhere you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to read any of the incredible writing on our site, there's no better sports writing being done anywhere than in The Athletic. So if you've thought about subscribing... Just go to theathletic.com slash baseball show. And if you're a new subscriber, you can subscribe for a mere $1 a month for the next six months. Try this. I promise you'll be happy that you did. Also remember, you too can be part of this podcast because every week we invite a listener who submits the most fun trivia question of the week to join us right here and prove once again, 
there's almost no baseball trivia question we can't get wrong. I know we're hot right now, but that will change. So how would you submit a great baseball trivia question? You have two options. One is to email us at stuckville at theathletic.com. The other is to hit us up with the questions on Twitter. And if somebody were going to hit up Doug Glanville with a trivia question on Twitter, how does that happen? Yeah, very easy. At Doug Glanville. Pretty boring. D-O-U-G-G-L-A-N-V-I-L-L-E. I'm not as boring, but I also spell. <laughs> I'm at Jason S-T, J-A-Y-S-O-N-S-T. Two things here. Please hashtag the questions, hashtag Starkville QS. And we had yet another outburst of people answering the questions on Twitter before we could select them. It got it got so out of hand that even the people asking the questions were telling people to delete the answers. <laughs> Doug, we're getting to these folks. I know yes, we are. Yes. No, yeah. we're not. Uh, but we're trying. We have anyway. to have a, a so, special Twitter block or something. When you post it, it just like the answers get blocked. I don't know. Some, Twitter, work on that, man. Tw let's go. <laughs> yeah, where's Mr. Twitter when we need him? All right, Doug, thanks for playing. Thanks to Brett Phillips for joining us. Thanks to Eddie Denkin for the fun trivia question. Thanks to the mayor of Starkville, Tim McMaster, for producing us, for failing to stump us with Eddie Denkin's <laughs> trivia question, and for putting up with us. And thanks to you all for listening. Doug and I will see you soon on Starkville. Starkville.